1: Hey guys. Happy Wednesday. What a fun show we have for you and some updates today, right? Yeah. So I guess first things first, before we get into our usual, you may have noticed that the last couple of podcast episodes, maybe like two or three now, we have been kind of toying around with the format. We have a live show now. We're originally thinking that we would use the audio for the live show for the podcast, but we've decided not to do that for so many reasons. So thank you for being patient with us and also just as we try to figure this thing out as we grow and change just like our children know that there will be growing pains
0: <laughs> yeah so basically our plan is for right now the live show and the podcast are two separate but very closely related entities our live show is going to have some fun vision more visual content the podcast will be of a coordinating topic usually we may even have the same guests but it'll be different content altogether. We, we're going to talk about different things get into deeper dives talk about parenting articles the stuff that you've come to expect from us so we're really excited
1: and our live show will be more of like a tune out versus a tune in where you get to have a little bit more mom's night out a little wild and crazy a little bit more visual but you know they are complementary and speak to each other and uh have content so that you can enjoy both Yep.
0: And we also want to hear from you. Send us a message. Send us a DM. Send us an email. You can always reach us at Mom Trash Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or MomTrajPod at gmail.com. And let us know what you're thinking, how you're liking things, because we really want to hear from you. We do this for you. So hit us up.
1: Plus, Ashley and I are on the toilet a lot. So we like to read this kind of stuff on the toilet.
0: Yeah. And you might get some swag if you message us. But anyway, on to today's show. We're recording this on Friday. Last night, our our live show guest was Kate Casey, host of Reality Life with Kate Casey. We love her. We've actually started a... Great long distance friendship with her. So she's joining us today. We're going to talk some more about being a mom of five and reality hot goss.
1: Super fun. And we're discussing an article that I brought to attention because I feel like it really pertains to me and maybe to Ashley, who knows, which yeah, is me too. the signs that maybe you've been raised with a codependent parent, what that means, the signs, what to look out for. Yeah, I mean, parenting is hard. Being a human is hard. Sometimes they all, uh, interfere with each other and shit happens so let's hear yep. about that
0: <laughs> yep but as always we're gonna have hashtag swag bag but first the, the tits, tits and, and the shits oh boy that was a that was a disaster do you have any uh, a tit you want to talk about and or shit you want
1: to talk about let's see my tits are that I'm having a really fun time decorating or trying to decorate the new house that I've been making these like image boards and I I really take a lot of care in planning things out so that nothing's really random right away in the house. Lee and I did a really good job of it when we moved into this apartment together uh, about two years ago and we were just so proud of ourselves how we like spreadsheeted the fuck out of stuff and really (laughs) measured and made diagrams and so we're doing the same thing uh, on a larger scale for this new house. So it's been getting me excited to just try to figure out what this house is going to look like after waiting so long and thinking so much about having a home and the tits are imagining it all coming together that's good that's a good one what are your shits My shits are that my allergies have been really bad and everyone thinks I have COVID because all I do is cough and sneeze and shit in my mask. But yeah, I have seasonal allergies. Like again, here's more content where Carrie describes how old she is. I have seasonal allergies. And so once the trees start dying and stuff starts like falling off and stuff, my allergies like really, really kick into high gear. That's not an
0: old thing. I've had seasonal allergies since my 20s. Yeah, but
1: complaining about it is like an old fart thing to do. No,
0: no, it's not. Not...
1: You anyway, so I've had just that. like a light headache. The kind that's like, do you even take anything? It's not even worth it. It's just like freaking annoying. Light headache, sneezing. My voice has been like a little vocal fry-y. So this seasonal allergies. And then I guess in talking about my tits, it's only going to get worse when I move to the suburbs. Yeah, So yeah, Looks like uh, Zyrtec will be the proud sponsor of <laughs> Swagback <laughs> for a while. But anyway, just seasonal allergies. And I just feel so self-conscious about it now because everyone is like looking at people every time they sneeze or cough or whatever. And I'm just like, it's not COVID. it's not COVID. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what you just hide in your house. I know. That's what you do. But anyway. Yeah. How about you, Ash? My shits are, I I can't stop talking about how much I hate homeschool. I hate learn from home. I just think it's insane. You know, it's unavoidable. I have mixed feelings because on one hand, I think the school that my son is going to is particularly underprepared, which is kind of shocking because we knew this was a potential all summer. And then at the very last minute, New Jersey decided, okay, they're definitely not going back in, which either way Sebastian wasn't going to go
1: into a physical school. But aren't you glad that you had planned that ahead of time instead of these people that were like all of a sudden just kidding? Like that's what we talked about with this season's gold.
0: I just don't understand how his school has been so last minute about it. And it's like, I was never told to get any supplies. Thankfully, I was getting them for the homeschooling stuff. But I was right. never told to get any of these supplies. I was never told to have things read. And every day it's like, make a craft with these things. Which, if you've ever crafted with a three-year-old, you do a lot of the work. Like, I have to cut up little sheets of paper for him ahead of time. And it ends up being, I'm going to school more than he's going to school. So, the- That's not to dog on teachers. I know teachers are, they're dealing with a lot also. I'm just kind of amazed at what a shit show this all is. I feel like parents of older kids are having it a little bit easier because you don't have to sit there with your kid the whole time. But man, I am just... Just over that. So, I mean, that um, should be a
1: drinking game for the show every time you mention how much you hate homeschooling.
0: Yeah, because I really... I know it's, it's not it's homeschooling. I'm using
1: that word wrong, but you know what I mean.
0: Learn at home,
1: Zoom yes. school, whatever the hell
0: anyone wants to call it. But I am over it big time. Yeah, I could go on and on. My tits are that... My basement is almost totally done, which is really nice. We had a goal of fixing the dump that is our backyard for the summer. That was pre-COVID, then COVID happened and we we're like, "Okay, we definitely need to get this ready for Sebastian so he has a place to play." But what ended up being more of a necessity was an office for Matt to work in every day, a classroom playroom area for him, and also our studio where we film the show and just my studio for other stuff. So, I'm really happy, you know, we We've done a lot with a space that used to be basically just like a storage facility. And it feels good. It feels cozy. I'm just happy with it. And it feels like my house is so much bigger. You know, I think there's been a lot of silver linings to COVID. There's been a lot of bad shit. And we all know that. But there have been some silver linings, one of which that people have had a lot more time with their families. You know, we've had the opportunity to fix our houses up. And I think that's nice. You know, we're all rediscovering what's really important in life. I'm not somebody who has a thousand friends. I I don't want a thousand friends. I don't have the time for it. There's a few people in my life that I want to spend a lot of time with. P.S. I'm one of them, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Carrie has like 6,000 friends. That's not my style. I don't want to hang out with
1: all of them all the time.
0: I don't have the time to hang out with
1: most of them
0: more than once a year. Although I did hang
1: out with another friend already this morning, and it's not even noon.
0: Right. It's, that's just like not my thing. I don't need it. I don't care. You don't need God. a backyard
1: because I've already promised Luna that now that we have a backyard that you and Sebastian will come over and you guys can play in our backyard, especially during COVID because we have that swing set. So we that's don't have to go to a nice public playground. you, but I, playground. I want my own backyard. <laughs> I know, but that's not going to happen this winter. Um, we're
0: starting some work. We've started some work this past weekend. So it's going to be a process, but I'm
1: excited and it's, it's nice to just... Ashley's like, I don't want to come to your house, bitch
0: no like I'm happy for you I'm excited for you but like it's not my house you know I'm happy, it's great. I'm excited to see everything you've done with it, but also like I just want my house to
1: be cozy. No, and feel I know, good. but you but the way you said it, you said it like, Yeah, I'm not coming over to your house. That's basically the way you said it. No, obviously it. I'm going to your house, but I'm not going every day, you know? Well, no, no. Well, I don't take my child out to the playground every day. Maybe that makes me a bad mother. Does anybody? Are there people that do that? Is that a thing? Yes, yes, that's a thing. Oh, uh, well, not us. So yes. mm. <laughs> Welcome to our mom garage, where we don't yeah. take our children to the playground. <laughs>
0: our kids are a burden, that's it.
1: I'm always like like, I'm anyway. always like, you're going to have to go to the ER. There's COVID there. Oh, makes me uncomfortable. I don't disagree with you.
0: Also, I will tell you this about the ER and, you know, Sebastian's head staple situation. Obviously, if it's a real emergency, you got to take your kid somewhere. You do it. But like, if it's something like he bashed his head and he need, potentially needs stitches or staples as what happened to Sebastian, make sure to call your doctor first because our doctor actually sent us to a kid specific urgent care and completely bypass the hospital, which is great. So, just something to be prepared with, and a little tip for anyone who wouldn't have thought of it,
1: like me. All right. Well, up next, guys, we have the incredible. Team. Ooh, that was really good. Thank you. That's her theme song for those of you that haven't listened to it. I'm not just like <laughs> deciding to like freeform, I don't know, rap or I yeah, mean, that is like something I would out. do. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, So stay tuned. It's a super fun episode and she really has all the deep dish info on everything reality.
0: Today's guest is a mother of five and the host of the incredible podcast Reality Life with Kate Casey.
1: Please welcome the amazing Kate. Casey! I was going to do it, but I was so embarrassed. I think I was going to embarrass myself again. Hi, Casey! (laughs) Hi, my ladies. I can't intro
0: you without saying it, in all honesty. It's just so good and
1: catchy. Yeah, but see, I watched the video we made yesterday, and I'm like, I look straight up like an absolute crazy person. Maybe I shouldn't be singing her theme song all the time. Maybe that's a poor choice.
2: No, you know what's the best is people send me video of their kids singing it, and then I'm like, oh, that's... That's real nice. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, that's the, best, that's the best of both worlds, really.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I also it's feel great. like I'm
1: just used to looking crazy, so at this point, who you know? My kid just started, we, we actually talked about this, I think it was last week, my kid has just started singing everything and I could not be happier because Aww. I'm a person that also sings everything and it's much to Ashley's dismay because she hates <laughs> that I basically bust everything out into a Broadway number all the time. That yeah. would
0: drive me crazy. Yeah. yeah, I went to school with theater kids. I was a theater kid and it was just like oh my god can we escape theater life for like a hot second please but there's no escaping with carrie
2: there was this girl growing up who was very obnoxious and she would brag all the time about how she was on this local philadelphia show that carrie probably knows called the al show. oh showcase. my god
1: i know a bunch of people that were on the al albert showcase <laughs>
2: now al alberts
1: was approximately
2: 97 years old and definitely was a pedophile no i don't know that for sure
1: but it was weird. He might have been allegedly, weekend. allegedly. He might allegedly. also have been like weekend at Bernie style already dead and people just propped him up. We was, have no idea. It's quite possible. He, but he always made like, you kiss his cheek. Yeah, he would make these little kids dress up like John JonBenet's kiss
2: his cheek and he had Ew. this long microphone that he would talk into and he would kind of walk around the stage and he would have these little girls with pinafore dresses with the ruffles and ha- sing songs and he would kind of walk around them in a circle. It was like, in hindsight, it was super creepy but even then i knew it was weird there was this one girl i grew up with who was always bragging about how she was going to be on al albert showcase again so in the years since then especially in college, I would make fun of her a lot. And I would say that she, I, I called her Broadway baby because every time she would talk, it was like Broadway baby. <laughs> oh yeah, Everything was so over the top. and like, yep. you're just on this local
1: show with a weird guy. Like you're not on Star Search. Take it down a couple notches. Well, Kate, I have yeah. two things to say to this. One is I have a confession. I was not on Al Albert Showcase, but I was a pageant girl who looked exactly like Jean Benet. I will send you the side-by-side comparison picture. I need to see it. I need to see I it. I will send it to you right after this. Of course, it's heavily, like there was a little bit of a conspiracy theory that for, in my family that I was Jean Benet, but it's the wrong age. I'm older than Jean Benet. But anyway, I used to do the t- March of Dimes telethon and I would perform and Al Albert often was there and I would have to fucking take the money out of my shoe and fucking kiss his cheek and it was disgusting. It was so see? gross. Did you get the weird you have vibe to, from what? him? A hundred. So the whole thing was these kids would perform and then walk over to him and make a donation. So I was a dancer So I put the money in my shoe so that after oh. my after my performance is over, you go over where he's like basically propped up with a microphone because he's 107 years old and you take your sweaty money out of your shoe and you're like, this is $10 from the Sitaro family. Thank you for helping the children. That kind of thing.
2: Meanwhile, he probably pocketed himself.
1: Also, do you remember Steam Pipe Alley? That was also of a, course I did. A, with Mario yep. Cantone. That was another Philadelphia show. Do you also remember Dance Party
2: USA? Yes, of course I do. Yeah. Oh boy. Princess, she went to East High School. Um, <sighs> Yeah, and then we would, and then I would pretend I was on Dance Party USA by going to the
1: under 18 night at Pulsations Club. Oh, yeah. Anyway, God, I really feel like we could go deep, Casey. I really, Kate, Casey, I just called you Casey, Casey Kasem. I really feel like we could go deep, Kate. Like, I feel like we know the same people. I don't know. I, probably.
2: Now, I grew up in the suburbs of Philly, and then I went to boarding school for four years in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and then I moved to D.C., and then I moved to L.A. So I do feel like, um, despite the fact that I've lived here for a long time now, I'm still very East Coast. Like, yes. I, I think if you were to walk past me on the street, you go, she's legit East Coast.
1: Well, that's when I lived in L.A. People would be like, are you angry? And I'm like, no, I'm just from the East Coast. (laughs)
0: yeah people would constantly and that was where people would always say to me like oh you're definitely not from here your accent it for me it's just kind of crazy because yeah I guess I have a minor accent but it's not like I'm like walking my dog and drinking coffee so it was just (laughs) always
1: so absurd to me so we have a couple questions that we didn't get to in our live show that we would love to ask you now one of which is we have heard from so many parents of people who have more than one children that the transition between zero and one is hard but after that it's like whatever so i think this is a lie i think this is a lie to populate the earth what what do you tell me what do you think no i i well for me it was like one
2: to two one to two, I was like, do I get a babysitter for each child? But it was like, <laughs> maybe like, a, a, it was a small hiccup. I was like, wait, 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 wait what? I felt like um, adding one was pretty pretty easy for me. But the two, I was like, what? And then three, four, five, it's all the same. I mean, right. it's, it's really no different. And I think what people forget is that when you have a lot of kids, you can delegate jobs. So, you know, like you guys are probably sitting and having to read with your kid every night. And reading is really important to our house but I'm not doing it because I have the oldest one read to the <laughs> second one or the fourth reads to the third. So it, I can delegate a lot of that. And then I also don't have to worry about play dates because they just play together. So like the one time it was really great was during quarantine because you know, the first like two and a half months you saw no one and they could just play together. Whereas my heart really went out to people who had only one child because I just kept thinking about
1: how difficult that must have been. So yeah. There are there are upsides to it. I have a huge extended family. We're all very, very close. My mom was a single mom. So I was raised by a lot my uncles in a house with my grandmother and my grandparents. So I actually, I love that big old extended family. I mean, amazing, so. amazing.
0: You know, I have to say you having, saying that having five kids really kind of just helps with the workload. That might actually be enough motivation for me to have another child because I I'm at the point where I just can't take anymore, especially with like, let's just keep shoveling more shit on with this uh learn at home situation which every day, every single day my son is 3 every single day i have a fit because i'm just continuously pissed off that i have to do so much work for him to like learn mm-hmm. something that's right very silly like today they wanted us to cut a hole in a shoebox and fill the shoebox with leaves and sticks and pine cones and i just didn't do it I refuse to do it. I am not going to continue to be an arts and crafter, even though I love it, so that he can learn about leaves. And I'm probably a terrible mother, but also I don't.
2: No, I just think you're tired because when you have one child, you are their sole entertainment. So And I think that when you have one child, like I always say this to my girlfriends who have one child, I'm like, can you just remember that you don't have to do everything for them because you are their sole entertainment, you're their their, their play date, you're their teacher, and you never get a break. Like I am still, yeah, it's a lot more work in terms of like financially and giving each child attention, but the delegation is enormously helpful when you have more than one. So for those that have one, it's like, uh, you never get a break and and I think that's a lot of you do that to yourselves you feel guilty like I don't have a play date for them today so I'm going to have to go above and beyond truthfully no, they're fine not, just not reading it. a book
0: <laughs> I agree but that is not the case for me <laughs> I am, I'm constantly arguing with my husband because I'm like if you keep playing with him every time he asks you to he's not going to ever play by himself and as a kid who grew up as an only child I was great at entertaining myself I had a Very active imagination. That's why I love arts and crafts. It was really like a fun thing for me to do, it was therapeutic. And this huge difference between my husband and I was like, "Yeah, you want me to build you a train track? I'll I'll stop working so I can build you a train track." And then I'm stuck with all the shit work. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to
1: once again offer, once again, once I move in two weeks, I think that we should split the yeah. homeschooling. Yeah, no, absolutely not, because no, it's a
0: harder no now than it was before. <laughs> because <laughs> I am
1: all about I Luna and I do shit like that all the time. let I every day we make an altar with with leaves and stuff, and we talk about nature, and I'm into that shit. So I'm just saying. I'm willing no, to share I, the burden also, with he you. he has school. He has to do the school work. It's not right. like- Right. So can, why don't I, I not, check in? No. Why don't I do the school work with him? No, I'm good. Thank you. I'm just saying most mothers would be like, are you serious? You're going to sit with my kid for school? Most of them would be like, fuck yes, yeah. Not yeah. Yet. Also, <laughs> most mothers
0: are like, you know what? I'm not most mothers. We know this. I know. We I know. Most... I know. I'm busting anyway. your balls. Anyway, next so, question. Can, next question. Ashley, tell us, how do you and your husband- find time for each other with five kids and i feel like i know the answer but i well, want to hear it Well, from you. we have gone on a date every
2: saturday since we had a, our first child.
0: Oh, i love that. That's
2: our standing date and we always do that and we let's see the, when the kids go to bed, i mean the older ones they kind of hang out and kind of do their own thing and read books or whatever. But we always sit together on the couch. He has his computer and he'll watch some stupid TV show that I hate and then I'll watch a reality <laughs> show or a documentary that he thinks is dumb. But, um, you know, we hang out together every night. So that's nice too. But we also do a lot of stuff as just a family. Like we'll go on walks together and bike rides and we'll go swimming together. So, I mean, it's not like I don't see him. Although he does work seven days a week and I do work all the time too. We are independent people in an intimate relationship that's what I that's want awesome. he's just the most humble kind sweet guy and just like the smartest person I know so I think he's just the bees knees I, I just like think he's the greatest oh um, I love that and he's yeah. just the nicest person my kids are much nicer than me they're like him <laughs> he's like hopeful and believes in people and I'm like that person's a bunch of bullshit um, <laughs> he's great
0: you know every, every everybody that meets him is like oh he's just so nice um, That's really nice. That's how I feel about my husband. Everyone really loves him and thinks he's just the greatest and I'm kind of
1: like, you know, less <laughs> No. Uh, no. Like you're you just have you I have, so have your different qualities that make people love you.
0: Right. His are that he's just happy all the time and mine are that I you know. I need that to you're, a, out. you're a boss-ass
1: bitch. That's it. I guess. But, that, I guess.
2: but, but you know what? That's, that, that's a good dynamic. And it's important because, you know, you always need somebody to pull your balloon down, right? Like, um, and you got to switch roles. Like my mom always used to always say too, there can only be one star of the show. So I think that's why I like a lot of actors bust because they both are craving attention. And if you meet somebody who's totally different than you, like you have your moment to be the star. So in- their circles, they get the the attention that they deserve, and then you get yours and your own. So you don't want somebody totally like you. You want somebody that complements you, but is different enough that it keeps your relationship
1: interesting. Agreed. Agreed. Really, we want to get into what you're all about and what Ashley is all about, which is reality. So we are going to do, which is what I love about you bitches, you love reality. So short reality hot goss, are you ready for it? Hot goss is a segment that we do where we talk about the gossip, what's happening. So, all right, here is the hot goss, the inside scoop. So let's dish. Okay, we figured you were the most
0: appropriate person to talk because you always also have like a little inside scoop. So we wanted the dish from you. So Real Housewives of New York, we all know my favorite. There was some talk that Leah was holding out because they had apparently offered her 60K last season. And she said that the pay raise this season was like chump change. Essentially, she held out. She signed with William Morris. And then apparently she's officially back. Do you have any any information on you know what she's making? And also, I really thought about $60,000 to expose your life on a reality show. That's like nothing. No,
1: that's not that much.
2: I actually think it's probably that quote is too high. I really? think that, yeah, I think that they make... Like maybe 26,000 in a season, like at the first season. It's really, really low. Wow. I think the going rate is between one to three thousand in an episode, maybe. So that actually sounds quite high. I don't know if the amount's different because it's New York, but it, it does seem high. How
1: do they make their money then? Typically,
2: you make your money in the third season. That's when you can negotiate for bigger money. Oh. So that's strange that she was even able to get a pay raise to begin with because that's unlike anybody else. I think it's unwise to have your publicist call the New York Post or New York yeah. Times. Or, or, hello. Um, Definitely the yeah, Post. The yeah. Post <laughs> and, and tell the number because it's just kind of day de- class A. Yeah. Uh, I would As recommend. Louie would say. She has a conversation with them about their aggressive negotiating tactics because I think that that puts kind of like a red mark on you. You know, that's just stuff that should not be discussed. I'm just thinking with a producer hat, like I'd yes. be pissed off if I had one of my talent leaking things to the post. I think that's a real big problem for these production companies is that these, those are the New York housewives, they feel so emboldened all the time to just call the New York Post and I would think that there has to be some sort of contract clause that's just like so weird. But yes, to answer your question, they don't make a lot of money until they're in their third season. And so you think of all these women who probably don't have the money that they're pretending to have already. Yeah. And then they're spending thousands of dollars on award wardrobe for scenes that may not even air. And then they're throwing parties that are over the top Inviting people they barely know just to present themselves as being somewhat socialite adjacent so that the money that they spend on themselves the first three seasons goes well above what they actually make. So you ask yourself, why would somebody do that? And it's usually somebody who the archetype is somebody who has been married for a while and has children who may or may not have ever had a job, who craves fame and is sort of delusional. I mean, it's, quite honestly, they, they kind sure. of see, them, see themselves as this really fascinating, over-the-top person who has, the only reason they haven't had a television show thus far is because production hasn't found them. I mean, they, they live in a on another planet and that's yeah. what makes them a perfect archetype for a housewife. But the money thing is just, I think if people knew how little they actually make, they'd ask themselves, well, what, what's the point of it? And you're, you're most certain to ask yourself that because I think a lot of them start off and they're like, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to become a multimillionaire. I'm going to be a mogul. But most of them are not built Built for that.
1: Both of them are Bethany Frankel, right? They're not. Well, look at how many failed Sonia businesses, you know? And Bethany Franco would have been successful regardless, I think. I think she's just the kind of of person that is just Mm -hmm. a motivated businesswoman who, yes, this propelled her business through the roof, but I think she would have been fine anyway. Yeah.
2: But also, none of them come in prepared. So if they're like, I'm a business person. Okay, what is your plan for attack? Because, Because of Bethany, now there's a clause in it that disallows them to keep all of the money that's garnered from whatever businesses that they're talking about on the show they think more of like what does my persona now will be that i'm a businesswoman because my piece of shit husband has put me down for years and said you're just a stay-at-home mom no one cares about you right because all the husbands are usually garbage so then they're right. like i'm a businesswoman, but they have no business background they didn't they don't have an mba They have no they business doing business yeah they have never worked so they're like wait that's so weird my bangle business didn't do as well as i thought basically the housewives are like lady menudo <laughs> they come and go no, and only Bethany Frankel was a Ricky Martin they're, yep. none of them are Ricky Martin so they're forgettable you're replaced by somebody else they're all expendable and then they don't have the fame and the, and the fortune that they had expected and then they become depressed then they gain weight then they feel shitty about themselves because they were on this television show that was all about glamour mm-hmm. and then they can't keep themselves at the age that they were on the show and then pieces of shit people on social media are like wow can you believe that maybe looks like shit now it's like of course she looks like shit 15 years ago she was on the show and she got free injectables and now she can't afford it because she's living in a van down by the river (laughs)
0: so one more hot goss question for you reality TV in COVID we're learning more about how they're making it happen for example summer house you know they just had them stay at the house for the like however long they shoot I guess it's six weeks maybe two months and instead of going back and forth we now I'm sure you got the press release for some Southern Charm returning and that they're going to cover some of the COVID lockdown through that as well. What are you hearing? So Southern
2: Charm is definitely back. Uh, There is a new cast member. She was, she's actually an old friend of Cameron's and, she is great. I don't think people really want to watch a show about people that are not woke. I think it's like depressing and not very modern. Housewives of Orange County, they didn't do as much filming because of COVID. They struggled to find ways to safely film all season. So you're going to see a modified season, I think only maybe 13 episodes maybe. And it's going to be, a lot of the conversation is going to be about, you know, we're in this election year and then Black Lives Matter. So a lot of the cast is going to be a arguing with Bronwyn's stance and yeah. she's going to be open about her decision her health decision and she's going to come forward with that and so that a lot of people will probably be interested in that storyline but overall I just don't think people want to watch anything having to do with COVID but the problem is because they didn't film so much during this year there's a lack of content on the traditional network channels so you're either going to see people that begrudgingly watch because there's nothing else on Or what I believe, which is that you're going to continue to see the numbers rise for streaming media and network television. I think they're all collectively shitting their pants. Like we need to rebrand new content. And I also think you're going to see a shift in television in terms of reality shows where you're going to see less about dramedies and you're going to see more uplifting
0: shows. More like undercover boss type shows
2: a little bit of that a little more about people uh, behind the scenes their grit Mm. so less about people who are instagram influencers for just taking a picture more about we want to know the person that created the company that's being sold on instagram versus the person who's just taking a picture with the product
1: i think that that's why documentaries right now are trending so much because one the documentaries that are like the vow and stuff like that they make people feel like oh other shit is also a, a shit show and the dumpster fire that is 2020 at least we can watch some fun dumpster fires instead of the real one that we're living currently Right. right now but also because a lot of the documentaries that are trending well are have kind of an uplifting quality to them like the michael jordan one which is sad of course, because of his dad's murder, but also is uplifting, like in Triumphant and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just think that documentaries can do that in times that are of crisis. It makes you feel like relatable, but also uplifted.
2: I just think people also are sick of imagery. They don't want to scroll through their feed and see people who seemingly have very perfect lives in the same way they don't want to watch a TV show about people who don't really seem to change their lives season to season and they live like a smoke and mirrors life. Like I'm projecting this image image that I'm happily married and I'm very wealthy when in fact they're not happy and they rent their house and they can't afford blah, blah, blah. I think people are so starved for real stories and real depictions of the struggles that people face in their businesses. Especially in this
1: time, like with all of the Black Lives Matter, with all of the it's like like a little bit weird sometimes to feel like you're tuning out so much to this other like candy coated thing. Sometimes it feels, for me, it feels a little bit like, you know, I don't think Ashley feels this way but because that's like her that's her sweet spot I have a different for me it's an escape I, you know, right. I
0: like I like an uplifting story. I like something happy, but there's something it's escape TV for me to to turn to. This story of people just being silly and having fun, and it's not so heavy because I, unlike Carrie, I don't want to watch heavy things. I'll watch it sometimes, but I, I just want to enjoy and laugh for a little bit and get the
1: fuck out of my own crazy, scary head sometimes. And that's yeah. what it does. I definitely think it probably has something to do with my bringing but the way I tune out is to actually watch scarier shit because it feels like it makes me prepared. So COVID started, mm-hmm. I started watching like serial killer documentaries, which I like anyway, but serial killer shit, uh, end of world shit, zombie shit, that shit makes Ashley worse for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It like, it feels like I'm being prepared. And like I said, my dad was a psychologist and a hostage negotiator. And my mom was a, sometimes an ER nurse, a nurse, an intensive care nurse. And so I think just the way that I was born, it was like when crisis happens, you actually get more focused. And I actually do extremely well in crisis, I think, because a lot of my upbringing was kind of chaotic and dramatic. And so I just learned how to I kind of thrive in that. I've had to learn, obviously, the boundaries of that, because that can be very dangerous to go too into that. But I actually get more focused. So I do the opposite. I start watching Alien, End of Days, Zombie, Murder. And I'm like, my brain is preparing. And that's what relaxes me, which I know sounds crazy. My partner makes fun of me all the time. He's like, all I hear from your podcast right now is just about like decapitation. Like how is that relaxing? I was like, I don't know what to tell you, but it makes me.
2: Well, you know, I know what it is. It's because there's an element of that kind of stuff that you feel like you're completing a puzzle that you figured it out. And so in a time when you feel like you have no control of the world, it's the one little space where you're like, I can figure this out and control it because I have put the puzzle pieces together.
1: Also, I think that somewhere in my mind, if I can imagine the worst thing, it won't happen i don't know that's like magical thinking but it's like if i can like prepare and imagine the worst thing that would happen i mean listen i talk to my therapist about this all the time it's magical thinking but that's just how i deal with stuff anyway well it's always a delight to talk to you because i feel like my mind explodes you have like all the underbelly the behind the scenes and i love it so 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 much and we definitely have to chat about our like deep philly connections you know what's weird too is like no housewives ever had
2: an influencer they never cast an influencer on their shows. Well, Kristen Tackman was kind of one. Nah, and so much. I think she was hired because she was friends with Brandy and she was beautiful. Ugh. She was pretty, so it was like brunettes and then this beautiful blonde. And I think that they liked the idea of her fighting with Ramona because she was younger. But she had ties within the world. That's more important to them and than anything, is like we need yeah. to hire somebody who knows these people. But it's just surprising to me because, especially in Orange County, a lot of the women that became housewives and then were, you know, fired or let go, they all became Instagram influencers-ish. And so it's surprising to me they've never hired people that are in that weird world because I think that it would be endlessly fascinating to peel back the onion on somebody who calls themselves an influencer and to find out I actually had pitched at one point it was like three years ago maybe two years ago I said I know a bunch of these Instagram influencers one in Utah who's batshit crazy I mean people they're threaded threads on how she's crazy influencers (laughs) that
1: are always crazy are like from Utah Utah.
2: no so I was gonna like talk about why they're from Utah and this one woman I had convinced her I'm like if there's a reality show and it's would you be part of it and she said yes so I had this whole plan I was going to do all these Instagram influencers but it was going to be like making fun of them they think they're on the show because they're superstars but we're really going to show you the world and I kept being told it's the almost over saturated like everybody comes to pitch shows having to do with Instagram influencers I'm interested but I have no money so I can't help you with that but I am very interested I'm almost thinking that that period of time is over that's what I'm saying because like no one believes any of these influencers anymore oh my god this one woman I'll just leave you with this and if any Anybody is dying to know who that this person is me. message me miss message me privately and i will tell you okay i will tell you this she's sweeter than sweet she's just lovely but she's a little bit bananas crazy but one years ago my friend heather and i we we like screenshot it to each other and i almost threw my phone across the wall she did an ad for a tampon company on her instagram yes in a okay. onesie bathing suit and it's like roughly, you know, a lot of these weird women, they'll do like, this is my mini me, like with their daughter in a matching bikini. I'm like, trust me, your daughter does not want to be wearing the same clothes that you are. Like trust me on the phone. And your friends are making fun of you and your husband thinks it's super weird. No one thinks it's cute except for you to wear matching bathing suit to your child. Yeah, it's, this it's woman is wearing weird. this like very weird. This onesie with like ruffles on her sleeves, like just over the top. Okay. She's on the beach. She's squatting, legs apart. There's a box of tampons next to her. Leg. Her hair's done. She's alone on the beach. And it was like some caption about women's strength, la la la. And that's why I use, you know, XYZ tampon. And I sent it to this girl who does PR in the world of like <laughs> kid brands and stuff. And I said, legit, just tell me, like, how much did she make for, in, like, humiliating herself on this Instagram post? And she said, Honest to God, I think she probably made 50 bucks and got a free box of tampons from
1: it. All I gotta say is a beach is the worst place to put a tampon in for like so many reasons. (laughs) I one time got a yeast infection from trying to have sex on the beach. So don't put anything inside your body with their sand. That's the first thing. Why would you even attempt that? It Just from beginning to end, that sounds awful. And then the second (laughs) thing is where are you going to put that tampon? That is is so hygienically terrible for the environment, (laughs) terrible for everybody else. Like you have to, if it's a one piece, you have to do the little thing that everybody does where you take the side and you just put it to one side to Pete? Like there's, I have so many questions about this and I feel like I could have styled this shoot for her better. I could have done this better.
2: Yeah, but then... It's like the more I've watched over the years. That's why Instagram sometimes is like a reality show because over the years, I've just been like raising one eyebrow, like what's really going on behind the curtain? And then I got fell into the Reddit threads and then they were like, well, we think that the husband controls her. And I'm like,
1: oh. And the, okay. husband, the husband would think that it would be a pretty shot to fucking put a tampon on at a beach. You're damn right. Yeah, he takes all the pictures. Well, Kate, it was such a pleasure. We will now move this conversation to a thread between the three of us. Well so I'm going to send you guys momentarily the screenshot of the tampon ad. Yes. And I'm going to send you my Jean-Benet picture.
0: Yes, please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the name too. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think anyone's going to DM me and ask me what the name of it is? I mean, I hope so.
0: I hope so. I would if I were somebody listening. I'd be like, I need to I always need to know the hot goss, even if it's somebody
1: I've never heard of, never met. Like, I want to know it. Yeah. Listen, this is what these oh times need. We need something extra to troll. Yes. We need that. We need that in our lives. My um my arch nemesis is also an influencer. I might have to personally <sighs> share with you her her situation she's the worst also she's
2: the worst she oh it's a it's a woman Uh, yes i
0: think we all have a influencer arch nemesis i also have one or two and i just i'm always like we'll share on the personal thread (laughs) yeah because of mine i believe that kanye is paying influencers um to help throw the election it's a deep conspiracy theory wow
1: ashley you need a podcast about that yeah, we could. The only thing is uh, what I've heard is he actually doesn't have money. Well, thank you so much Kate for agreeing to talk to us we again. Love you, Kate. We're going to keep this thread going and uh we will we will talk later on our next show. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks guys. Bye Kate. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Okay, so Facebook, I think, brought me this. And I was like, felt a little bit offended. Like, how do you know? I mean, I know how you know, because Big Brother. <laughs> However, the article is from Insider.com, which I've never heard of them. So we'll just call it that. This is not a New York Times. Insider is kind of like a like a buzzfeed. Guys, this is not a peer-reviewed <laughs> journal. So this is four signs that you had a codependent upbringing that affects your adult relationships, according to a therapist. So the first one is, if a parent raised you in a codependent manner, it could negatively affect 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 your adult relationships hello it just said that signs a parent was codependent include using passive-aggressive behavior to discipline making all decisions for a child and refusing to admit to being wrong an adult child who had a codependent upbringing may have anxiety over decision making use passive-aggressive behavior while upset and make personal stressors a problem for parents to solve then it goes into deep things about like you know as children we look to our parents for emotional support and we view how they react to things as our learning how to navigate the world, and that in codependent relationships, the words and the actions teach children that they basically need another person to validate their own feelings, emotions, and behaviors, and that Then as the child grows up, they seek a similar type of reliance both in their adult friendships and their like romantic relationships or any kind of relationship, romantic or platonic. So I have a lot of feelings about this. I want to first say that although my relationship with my mother was extremely close, I actually don't think that that was the codependent parent. Who do you think you were codependent with? My dad. I think my dad is the codependent. Well, when I first read this, before I like got deeper into it, and then of course I did like a big deep dive. I first thought my mom, because my mom and I, I do call her so much and I do look to her when making decisions. So obviously there is some element there, but I feel like when that passive aggressive behavior stuff, that was like my dad. Hmm. And my dad would depend on me as like I was an adult and we were like adults together. My mom- always treated me like a child and sheltered me from a lot of the emotional stuff which I guess is like a form of this codependence in a different way but I really do feel like uh, a lot of the things that they were hitting on like three out of the four really pertain more to my dad than my mom only like one of them pertain to my mom so I'm still a little confused I obviously am going to bring this up to Fran which we have not talked about this specific aspect in therapy so new new start new thing to talk about starting to get old so freshen up but yeah the thing where the, the one person said she never thought she was good enough because they were always striving to get that from their parents my mom thinks I'm amazing and I probably have too good of self-esteem because of it but I did really feel like I was never quite good enough for my dad there is
0: a, a line in here that um particularly triggered me which is decision making isn't always easy but if you find you're anxious or worried every time you're tasked with making a choice it could mean you were raised to be codependent that's the only thing I really kind of identified with in this article I'm still like that with my mom now One hundred percent. And I my mom has been through the ringer with therapy and, you know, I've done some therapy. I'm still doing therapy. We it's a long journey, but she and I work very hard and I give her most of that credit. She works very hard to have really brought our relationship to a healthier point. And to change that. And I still very much struggle with making decisions. And I also very much think that I picked. A partner who would kind of partake in a codependent relationship with me. And we are equally as codependent on each other. Yeah. You know, I tell Matt everything. Matt doesn't necessarily tell me everything, but I tell Matt everything. I always consult with him on making decisions, also with my mom. And I do get a lot of anxiety sometimes when I have a big decision to make about, you know, what to do. And I can tell you right now, my mom and I have had some disagreements about current events that are happening in the world. And, you know, I've very much been on an Apple box for all of this. And she has had such a staunch take on things lately that I have started to question myself. And I'm disappointed in myself in that, uh, to be completely honest. And this is this is something thought that's been on my mind a lot lately is I'm just why does my mother having a difference of opinion on something that is pretty huge why does that make me question myself? Because I know where I stand and I know I'm, I don't need validation from her. I still feel validated, but it has made me question things. And I'm disappointed in myself.
1: I was going to say it's interesting because I know a lot of people who are in somewhat of a similar situation or very close with their family, their mother specifically, and have different opinions currently with what's going on in politics. And yeah. when they are having a similar thing, the interesting thing to me in what you're saying is they don't question their own beliefs. They question now the strength of their relationship relationship. relationship because of it and what you're saying to me is but you are really then saying you're wondering the fact that you're using it as reflexive upon you and your decision that's the interesting thing to me
0: yeah I mean it's very interesting and when I say that I don't mean like oh I'm gonna change my opinion and I'm gonna go in this other way but it has made me really like think about things and that's what I'm disappointed in I've definitely gotten to a point where I like go to Matt and be like do you think I'm wrong on my opinions on this but he shares the same opinions as me so what's he gonna say of course he's gonna Say no, you're not wrong. You're you're right, and that's the thing about opinions. You know that saying, "Opinions are like opinions are like assholes." Everybody's got them. (laughs) It's such a mind fuck because of that. There is no opinion that's going to safely say, "Ashley, you are right." Only mine. And that's the one that I'm questioning. So um, it's just an interesting thing. And it's a very timely article and all of that. But that being said, my mom and I do work really hard to try and not be codependent. I'm definitely the one that has a harder time letting go of it. And I'm, I'm really trying. I have some meds upstairs that I haven't started taking and I'm, I'm just, I'm toying. Do I start taking them or not? So, you know.
1: It's really interesting because I have, feel like I sort of have the opposite situation with my partner, which is that I really depend on my mom. I mean, I text her before I buy things. Like, you yeah. know, I, I do have trouble making decisions without her, but it has led me to not really include my partner and I've been called on it in a lot of my relationships. I don't include my partner in a lot of decision-making. Why do you think that is? Because I feel like I already have a good decision-maker.
0: My mom, I don't need anybody else. And see, and that's how I feel about friends like I don't I have no interest in asking a friend their opinion on anything with my like hey should I buy this dress because I'm just like I already have two things like I don't so I get that I totally right so I just I don't
1: I would ask a friend like a trusted friend or my mom before I would ask my partner and probably because I haven't been in very long-term relationships like you have with Matt and so I've just always assumed that my partner was gonna leave and that also has to do with my history Mm -hmm. of the way my mom and my dad you know they were not together when I was born or they were together when they conceived me but not when I was born and so i just assume that i can't that person's not going to be a long-term person in my life and that's something i've worked in therapy like partners that i've been with for two years or whatever they're really hurt that i'm not including them in decision making they really this is something lee lee's like why aren't you and i'm like it just doesn't occur to me i would be hurt too i I totally get it It and i hear it and i'm trying to work on it you know yeah one of the things that really hit me like my trigger was it says you put the needs of your family and friends above your own codependent adults might overlook their own goals and desires because they can view themselves only through the lens of others and it says she gave the example of a codependent parent asking a codependent adult child when they'll have children of their own although the adult child may not feel ready to have kids or doesn't want kids at all they may feel pressured to start a family to please their parent that was a real hmm. conversation i had with my mom a couple years ago she really wanted me to have a kid and i had lost a pregnancy and was thinking maybe i wouldn't have a kid right and she was kind of and this was like a tricky time my mom and i have been pretty seamless but we've had like two specific tricky times in in our history and this this was one of them and it was really upsetting and I you know I had to say to her you know did it ever occur to you that maybe I don't want a child like I don't I know I'm your only child but it is not my job to provide a grandchild for you that's right. not actually my job so you need to think about what you're asking and what you're saying kind of in a passive-aggressive way I love you but it is not my job it is not my job if you want a kid adopt a kid
0: and did that resolve your issue did she kind of like cut it out after she that. she heard what it happened? she
1: she did hear it like again that was like a three-year tricky time that only in yeah. hindsight have my mother and I like apologize for the things we did and you know we've talked about this before on the show um my mom and I don't apologize to each other we have a hard time. We had that other fight. And so it took a couple of years. It's that Irish, that staunch Irish in us. But we finally, she was like, I was going through a hard time emotionally. I should not have said that to you. You know, and I was like, oh, thank you for hearing me though. When I did in the moment, you know, a couple of days later say that you did put the kibosh on it and you did hear me, you know?
0: What I find interesting about what you just said is that both of you have a hard time apologizing to each other. Because for me, I have never had a hard time apologizing to my mother. In fact, I guess to the point of this article, I've always gone bent over backwards to try and say I'm sorry. I mean, that hasn't stopped me from fucking up a zillion and one times, but it's always the apology part isn't the issue. Now, as I've gotten older and we're trying to have a healthier relationship, I now try to apologize less and stick to my guns to be like, I am not going to sway my decision based on you. So, you know, somewhere in the middle between you and I is, I guess, the right way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but I mean, the important part of this whole discussion, and I think we should end with this, it's that we are really trying to grow and develop the relationship with our mothers specifically, but our, our parents in general, so that it's a relationship that works for the long term in a healthy way. And ourselves. Yeah, and that we understand that things change, that we're not children anymore, that we also have a very unique relationship with our parents that has worked in many ways for us, but that as we grow and develop may not be working, but we want to make it healthy for everyone involved. And we're really committed to taking a deeper look. And thank God that our parents are also committed to taking a deeper look because it's really shitty when it's only one way. Hashtag swag bag. Should we do our hashtag swag bag and and seal this thing up so both of us can eat? Because I'm starving.
0: So my hashtag swag bag pick this week, I'm going to do the same thing I did on the show because I love it so much. I just want to go with it. It's um, a sweatshirt inspired by Dorinda Medley of Real Housewives of New York. It's her quote. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Which is my 2020 mood, Uh, homeschool mood. It's all of those things. I think it's my mood too. (laughs) Yeah, I really think so. Twenty nine dollars from Gold Half Moon. You can search for that shop on Etsy. She does all kinds of Bravo apparel and little like pins and face
1: masks, really cute stuff. So go check that out. Mine is, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's it's a mask. It's a sheet mask, but it's M A with a line over it. So I don't know what hell language that is and what (laughs) I'm supposed to say. Mask, 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 mask. I sound like a mask. (laughs) Anyway. And it's from maskskincare.com. And one of my dermo friends recommended it to me, Dr. Black Hat, Black Hat underscore MD. He recommended this mask for me. It's a CBD infused mask, which helps with inflammation. So if you're like me and you've been picking at your skin out of nerves and have been having some maybe some stress and Dorito induced pimples, this CBD mask helps with inflammation. It's super relaxing. It's great. So we'll put it up on there. There's a bunch of different masks to try mine is the luminous mask is the one that I really really like that's luminous with two s's because why not and yeah I like to put mine in the fridge for a couple minutes so it's nice and cool on my face and yeah during covid I've spent a little bit more time on my skincare as a mom I haven't really had time but covid since we're home more than often I've just been doing it like when I watch a show or when I'm working on emails I just try to do a little beauty something I like it while I'm watching my bravo at night it seems on brand
0: yeah Anyway, what a great show. That's that our show today, guys.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> I said that in the weirdest way. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And then I just changed it. I was like, I'm just going to say something different because Ashley's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, whatever. I am what I am, I guess. I don't know. I'm a weird There's a burp for you guys. Eat. All right. Bye,
1: guys.
0: Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter.
1: We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long.
1: We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.